0: It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, and this is your KVMR Evening News. In recent years, Meadows in the Sierra Nevada have experienced a decline, a decline that doesn't bode well for our ecosystem as a whole. The California Report introduces new solutions. After a look at local news and weather, Al Stoller brings us another edition of Al Explores. This time, he takes a close look at the proposed Sites Reservoir. That's all before we hear from the founders of Nevada County's first annual health fair, a new event that works to provide local seniors and people with disabilities the resources that they need.
1: This is the California Report and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles and here are some California stories we're following. The Cal State University System Board of Trustees is meeting to decide whether to approve a tuition hike of six percent over the next five years. The tuition increase would cover all 23 campuses in the Cal State System. Officials say it's necessary because Cal State faces a billion and a half dollar funding gap but there is opposition. Many students and faculty who you hear here protesting at a board of trustees meeting yesterday say the hikes would put higher education out of reach for many. They also criticize administrator salary levels. The state legislature has passed a bill that would restrict where concealed firearms could be carried. They include more than 2 dozen sensitive locations like schools, daycare centers, hospitals, parks, and public transit. Concealed weapons would also be prohibited in commercial businesses unless owners explicitly state otherwise. Republican lawmakers blasted the bill as a wrong-headed way to reduce gun violence. Governor Newsom is expected to sign the bill into law. A court challenge is also expected. Only American and California flags will fly at Temecula schools, that after a school board vote there last night, but critics say the real motive is to ban pride flags. KVCR's Madison Aument reports.
0: The board's conservative majority carried the vote. The policy does not specifically mention pride flags, but teachers now must get approval by the district to display flags in their classrooms other than the American and California flags. Board member Jennifer Wiersma, who supported the policy, says the American flag is
2: enough. We are united under the ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The American flag is the symbol for this. It's the most inclusive, and it's the least discriminatory.
3: However, the two board members, Stephen Schwartz and Alison Barkley, who opposed the policy, question why it's even needed.
4: Because if there's a certain flag we don't want flown, let's just say it.
3: For the
0: California Report, I'm Madison Ahmed.
1: And last night in the Bay Area, Sonal Glen Unified passed a similar measure, banning certain flags from being flown in classrooms and at schools.
3: Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives, stanfordmedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. When you think
1: of a meadow, what comes to mind? Probably a peaceful expanse of grass and flowers straight out of a postcard. A perfect place to have a picnic or maybe read a book. But meadows are also key to the health of forests. And in the Sierra Nevada, most meadows have been degraded or lost. KVPR's Kerry Klein tells us why some groups say that to restore these ecosystems, you have to think like a rodent.
4: It would be an understatement to say that Kevin Swift loves the outdoors.
3: Oh man, that is a good looking frog. Oh! Olympic level diving skills.
4: And so it's no surprise he's built his career around being outside. Specifically in meadows, he restores them. Like this one in the Sierra Nevada a few miles above Shaver Lake. In 2020, this was decimated by the Creek Fire. It's surrounded by barren hillsides and blackened, denuded pine trees. But here, gravel and desiccated tree bark give way to tall grasses, purple wildflowers, and buzzing pollinators, like a strip of black and white film that's been colorized.
3: It's so darn cool, I can't stand it.
4: Swift and his team restored this meadow by building itty-bitty dams along a stream. So you're basically pretending to be a beaver.
3: Oh, not basically, a thousand percent.
4: To make dams, he says, think dirt lasagna.
3: So it's super simple, just a layer of branches, layer of mud, Stomp the mud right into the branches, another layer of branches, and etc. A poor but evolving human version of what beavers have been doing for 5 million years.
4: It's what indigenous people had been doing for centuries as well. Swift was contracted to restore this meadow by the U.S. Forest Service. Because meadows aren't just beautiful, they're important. For one thing, says Karen Pope, they can help mitigate climate change. Recovering meadows sequester carbon, and they can sequester up to six times more than the surrounding forest. Pope is a research ecologist with the Forest Service, and she's standing ankle-deep in a stream. Then she gets on her hands and knees to catch a tadpole. Oh, missed. Water is the beating heart of a meadow. And dams by beavers or their imitators help make mini wetlands. Those slow erosion, support wildlife, and serve as natural firebreaks. So we want groundwater to raise up, we want surface water to spread out, and we want the whole water to be backed up to create, we like to call them green glaciers. Pope was curious how many meadows are in the Sierra. So she and other ecologists taught computers how to find them from satellite images. The algorithm found thousands of them, covering three times more land than previously known. She shows me some on a map. So this is pre-fire, so you can see basically it's forest. But most are in bad shape, overgrown, obliterated by wildfire, or damaged from mining and other industry. Here's Sierra National Forest Supervisor Dean Gould.
3: About 5% are actually functioning in a proper, sustainable way, productive way. So clearly we have a a large task ahead of us.
4: But Karen Pope is optimistic. She recently co-founded a group to promote this work called the Process-Based Restoration Network, and hundreds of people have gotten involved. She says this little pilot meadow off of Highway 168 shows what's possible and how restoring meadows could benefit the whole Sierra. I have to admit that this is the most exciting work I've ever done. It absolutely makes me feel like I'm not just doing research, but actually doing something
3: to help. Oh, there goes that good-sized fish.
4: Kevin Swift also loves this work, but seeing so much degraded land is tough.
3: Tell everybody if there's another way you can make a living, do that. Because this is hard on the soul.
4: Then he pauses to watch another teeny frog.
3: Until you see a meadow like this recover, then it's easy again.
4: And the frog disappears into the stream. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno.
1: And meadows and all, that's the California Report for Wednesday, September 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. As always, thanks for joining us, and let's meet up again tomorrow.
0: In regional news, a release from the California Secretary of State announced that today in Placerville, the Shingle Springs Band of Miwok Indians Tribal Council approved a resolution accepting designation of the Shingle Springs Health and Wellness Center as a voter registration agency under the National Voter Registration Act. Secretary of State Shirley N. Weber and Shingle Springs Band of Miwok Indians tribal chairwoman Regina Kuler announced the designation after a special session of the tribal council. The designation provides tribal community members and others in the rural community easily accessible opportunities to register to vote in elections conducted in California. The National Voters' Registration Act of 1993 includes provisions that offer opportunities to register to vote, particularly through the Department of Motor Vehicles and social service agencies, and this designation of the Shingle Springs Health and Wellness Center is the first time a voter registration agency under the NVRA has been established on tribal lands. Secretary Weber said, quote, This designation means we are now partners. We want to make sure that every voter who is eligible to vote has an opportunity to vote. Like the Department of Motor Vehicles and California health care providers under NVRA, this will provide a convenient opportunity for visitors to the Shingle Springs Health and Wellness Center to register to vote. Tribal Chairwoman Regina Kuehler emphasized that throughout this nation's history, voting rights and equitable access to registration has been a key ethical and political issue. She went on to explain that currently more than one-third of voting-age Native Americans are not registered to vote. Secretary Weber added that the Secretary of State hopes that other tribes in California take advantage of this opportunity to provide voter registration access to their residents as well. Native American registration rates are among the lowest in the country, and that's in part because the group faces some logistical barriers that would surprise most Americans. For example, most Native American homes don't have addresses, and many Native American families don't receive residential mail. The bottom line? This designation provides an important opportunity for the Shingle Springs community and for Native Americans in a broader sense. At the Shingle Springs Health and Wellness Center, exercising their sovereignty, choosing to accept designation, and embracing these registrations, tribal community members will finally be asked by trusted community members if they'd like to vote. Now, taking a look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 61. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 87. Tomorrow night, clear with a low around 60. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 43. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 76. Tomorrow night, clear with a low around 44. And for Sacramento and the surrounding Valley, tonight clear with a low around 60, tomorrow sunny with a high near 93, tomorrow night clear with a low around 61. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Damming a river floods its valleys, potentially destroying the ecosystem that was once there. California's Department of Water Resources claims that its proposed Sites Reservoir, a proposed $5.2 billion off-stream reservoir project west of Calusa in the Sacramento Valley, will do no such damage. Coming up, KVMR's Al Stoller speaks with Rob Stork of Friends of the River to learn more.
3: Sites Reservoir is promoted by California Department of Water Resources as a 21st century water project. Apparently they're aware that previous water projects, previous dams have done a lot of damage. Why do they feel this one would be 21st century?
5: To be charitable, I think they would say, well, we're not building it on a river and we are going to dedicate some portion of the storage of the project and perhaps even the water from the project, those are not the same things, to environmental missions that are being paid for by state taxpayer funding.
3: This is an off-stream reservoir. It's not damming a river. Tell us real quick, how does an off-stream reservoir work?
5: By finding a canal and building some pump stations to pump water into an off-stream storage reservoir. The most obvious example, if you travel down I-5, By Los Banos, there is a big 2 million acre foot reservoir there that was dedicated by President Kennedy in the early 60s.
3: So in other words, you're not drowning a stream valley, you're drowning a dry valley.
5: The valley may have creeks, ephemeral creeks, but it's not on a big river system. They've, to some degree, run out of storage sites on river canyons, and the political blowback is less when you build projects off stream. This project is essentially operated or contemplated to be operated by having subscribers to the project. The subscribers are buying storage space in the reservoir on speculation that there will be water in it.
3: How could this project reduce flows on other streams?
5: This project is diverting up to 4,200 cubic feet per second from the Sacramento River and putting that into storage for later use by the subscribers to the reservoir. Not a trivial amount of water.
3: So, in other words, it would have to come from somewhere else?
5: It comes from the Sacramento River from the intakes of the Tehama-Colusa Canal and the Glen Calusa Irrigation District Canal
3: how does that reduce flow on other streams besides the Sacramento?
5: It definitely reduces flows in the Sacramento. The question about whether or not it reduces flows in other streams is a complicated one. The people who are most focused on that are people who are concerned about flows in the Trinity River. And the reason why they're concerned is that Water is being released from Shasta and from the Trinity River into the Sacramento River. And water is being diverted by the Sites Authority to put in the Sites Project. And in effect, there can be a commingling of the operations of the Center Valley Project and the streams that are supposedly contributing to the Sacramento River for which the water rights is being sought by the Sites Authority. So that was complicated. I don't know how to say that easier, but basically the Sites Authority is applying for water rights outside of the Center Valley Project, but they're diverting water from a river that's already highly modified by the Center Valley Project and whose flows are determined by the Center Valley Project. So there are opportunities to affect flows on the Trinity. As a result, because the Trinity is part of the Center Valley Project and contributes significant amount of water to the CVP.
3: The Sacramento River is already over allocated, is it not?
5: It is. One example of that is the previous water year Sacramento River Settlement Contractors, which have the highest priority in the Center Valley Project, were cut. Their deliveries were cut to 21 percent of their contract amounts in spite of contracts that don't allow for more than a 25 percent cut.
3: Ron, it's been very good talking with you. I look forward to talking again. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks,
5: Al.
3: I'm speaking with Ron Stork of Friends of the River. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller.
0: Nevada County's first annual health fair is happening October 4th. The event aims to introduce and connect older adults and people with disabilities to more than 38 local resource providers. Up next, we'll hear from Teresa Helene and Barbara Larson, the event's founders. So first, let's start off by by describing what it is. What is this health fair and, and what's it about?
2: Well, I'll tell you. Um, Placer County is on their 35th annual health fair. And so... For years, I kept thinking, why doesn't Nevada County have one? We have, we're pretty much tied for second place in the state of California as far as senior population goes. It's real close. And there's 58 counties in the state of California. And we don't have one. We tried one years ago, kind of a little one down by Lake of the Pines, but that's it. So about four years ago, I said, we need a health fair, a senior health fair. We absolutely need one. I called Barbara, told her my idea. She put me in contact with Allison Lehman, who put me in contact with Ryan Gruber. So I called him and said, I'd like to put on a health fair. And and he said he couldn't believe when he got to Nevada County that there was not a health fair.
0: And Ryan Gruber is the director of health and human services for the county.
2: Yes. Okay. And so he said, we need one for sure. But that's a lot of work. Who's going to do it? Whatever. And I said, I'll make it happen. If you if you're on board, I'll make it happen. So the Elder Care Providers Coalition, which has been around, Barbara started it in 91. There's a core group of us who kind of run it. We print out the Nevada County Senior Resource Guide. We got together, we talked about it, we said, Yeah, we're gonna make this work. So we were ready to go and COVID hit. So that shut us down. Um, for a couple years. And then I thought, okay, we're going to do it. It's kind of, we can do this now. So we all got our heads together again. We got the county involved um, and all our sponsors who we'll talk about and picked a date and it's coming up and we're going to do it.
0: Teresa, you mentioned that we have a, a rather large elder population in the county. It sounds like this is going to be the place where seniors can come and learn about what services are available. There's opportunities for COVID shots and hearing testing. If you had to say in a sentence, what is your overall goal with this fair?
2: To educate people. I always say people don't know what they don't know. And so every day someone new is, is joining this journey of being an senior. I I also want to mention this is for um, people with disabilities also. So we want Everything there, Um, Sierra Services for the Blind. We want all the services that are really important to our community to be there so that when they have a bag and they're walking around, they may not even know they need that resource. They may not know that resource is even in our county. You know, a lot of county programs are going to be there, a lot of hospital programs are going to be there. A lot of nonprofits, a lot of the communities, the in-home care companies. So when they come, we want them to know we have a lot in this county, and we want them all to know what it is.
6: And I think what's really important, too, is many people, you know, especially if you have a diagnosis, your loved one's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, all of a sudden you have the shock of that. You're not a medical person. How do you even know where to start to navigate what the resources are? How do you tackle, you know, the medical model that we have in this country? And how do you get, you know, the resources that you need step by step? Because one of the problems that we see sometimes is when people are discharged from the hospital, yes, a discharge planner will give them too much information. And then they just feel overwhelmed. They don't know what to do with this stuff. So what I have found over the years of working with families and such, if you just say, well, what are the three things that you really need right now Which ones do you think you can handle? Which ones do you want me to handle? And then let's get back together and see what happened. Were you successful in getting what you wanted? Was there a barrier that maybe I can help you with as being an advocate? You know, just, and what's the next step? What's the next step? You're just joining
0: us. I'm speaking with Barbara Larson. She created or founded the Elder Care Providers Coalition. I'm joined as well by Teresa Helene. She's the current chair of the coalition, and we're talking about the upcoming first annual Nevada County Health Fair. The event takes place October 4th, 2023. It's happening from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Gold Miners Inn at 122 Bank Street in Grass Valley. And it's not just for seniors. This is an educational event where people mm-hmm. in the community can come together to learn about all the resources that are available for them to live better lives and, and in some cases, perhaps age well.
2: Absolutely, That's right. aging well.
0: Fantastic. Uh, how can people get more information about this event?
2: Well, they could call two one one, and if they really want more information, two one one will send them to me. I mean, if someone's listening and they want a booth, even though we're, we're out of vendor tables, they can, they'll get a hold of me and let me know. But I just want to say, if this is about aging well, I'm going to be 69 next month. I want to age well. I want to enjoy this stage of my life. And the more I know, probably the better I'm going to age. So I don't, you know, yes, seniors come enjoy. But children of seniors, come, see what's out there. So that's what this is about.
0: That was Teresa Helene, the current chair of the Elder Care Providers Coalition. I've been also speaking with Barbara Larson. Barbara, any final thoughts?
6: No, we're just inviting everybody in the county. And remember that we are second in the state when it comes to demographics, people 65 and older. So, you know, we want to take care and make sure that everyone knows where the resources are, and where to go.
0: Thank you both very much for your time.
6: Thanks for having us. Thanks, Claudio.
0: That's our newscast for this Wednesday, September 13th. Head over to our website, kvmr.org, or subscribe to the KVMR News Podcast to hear more, including the full interview with Teresa Helene and Barbara Larson. KVMR gets support from full-phase heating and air conditioning, Family owned and operated for over 20 years, reminding listeners of the importance of servicing heating and filtration systems before winter on South Auburn Street in Grass Valley. AllfaceComfort.com And MEC Builds, Nevada County roofing contractor with over 20 years of experience, providing complete roofing services, gutter products, sun tunnels, and skylights. The showroom is at 316 Colfax Avenue in Grass Valley. MECBuilds.com Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. Thanks for tuning in and for supporting local media. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Have a great night.